the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. Talking all things financial, money, investing, insurance, and anything you want to talk about. We can talk about whether or not you should pay your kid allowance. I personally don't. I don't see the... To me, it feels like a 1960s thing. I do teach them about money. Show them when I'm paying bills. They sit with me. Not every time, but many of the times. In our mountain home that has a hot tub, I'm like, hey, we got to turn that down when we leave, in large part because it's expensive. I just think there's a different way to teach money these days. Weekly mortgage demand falls as interest rates move higher. Interesting, interesting. Are we going to see a housing correction? I do believe we will. Are we going to see a stock market correction? I do believe we will. When will this happen? I would say 18 months to five years. And it's going to cover all my bases. And I feel like in five years, if you check back with me, you'll say, oh, yeah, you were right. It's just getting too steamy right now. McDonald's McDonald's BTS meal launches today with McNuggets and spicy dipping sauces. As a, as a child, I couldn't dance. I couldn't sing. But I look at BTS now, the South Korean K-pop sensation. I don't quite understand it. I'm thrilled for it, though. We've seen too much rock and roll and pop music defined by good-looking Caucasians from America. Uh, Which some people say MTV ruined music because we got to see what people look like. And suddenly we wanted the lead singer to be good-looking. We wanted the bass player to wear a bucket of KFC on his head. We wanted gimmicks and tricks. We didn't necessarily want great music. If you buy into that idea, MTV killed the rock star. I'll go one further with you and say, iTunes killed the music album. I think Steve Jobs did a lot of great things. I think he, I wish I could say the F word. He royally screwed up the music industry. By basically saying, hey, if a band like BTS sells one song that Rob Black knows, like Dynamite, I want him to buy one song and not the whole album. And he got what he wanted. And the music industry didn't want that because they used to make 15 bucks for an album instead of a buck 99 for a song. But I'm digressing. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. A new company called Gorillas. Well, they're not really new. They're from Germany. Germany. Ah, like a Volkswagen. 
the ultra-fast delivery operator. They plan to make their U.S. debut in New York City this month. Listen to this BS. It's an on-demand grocery delivery startup. It's going to launch its services using bike couriers. You can get milk, cat litter, fruits and vegetables delivered in under 10 minutes. 10 minutes is where we're looking at right now is the, the area of play. And I don't know. It just feels to me that like it's it's just a little bit too fast. <laughs> Instacart, DoorDash, Uber, we need faster. Now, Gorillas does not rely on gig workers to fill the deliveries. Instead, it employs a fleet of bike couriers who deliver goods from strategically located dark warehouses. Delivery fee, what do you think it's going to do to get groceries in under 10 minutes? Delivery fee in the United States is going to cost a buck 80 with no minimum purchase required. So in theory, you can get a candy bar for a dollar, and your total bill will be $2.80. You can only order a basket of goods. There's going to be some weight limitations as groceries are delivered by bike. Each warehouse will have 2,000 to 2,500 items ranged from fresh produce to milk to the cat litter. Nothing terribly fancy. But bagels, ice cream, chocolate truffles, they got them. I don't know if we need that. I will tell you that there's a company out there that is, is playing it kind of smart. I'm going to talk about Amazon acquiring MGM in the next segment, why they're doing it. It's a lot bigger than media is making it look. Because uh, I'll save it. I'll save it for the next segment. NVIDIA is going to report earnings later tonight after the market closes. I'm always excited for stuff like that. Guy Fieri's new deal with Food Networks can earn him $80 million over three years. How is this possible? I think he's likable in that stuff. But eh, he's no Gordon Ramsay. And yet he's going to be the highest paid chef on cable TV. Guy Fieri has numerous shows, diners, drive-ins, dives, generating over $230 million in ad revenue last year. So it's a win-win for the Food Network. It's a win-win for talent. Uh, John Cena said something yesterday that I think is very telling of the world. He apologized to China after calling Taiwan, which China considers its sovereign territory, a country. He's promoting the new film Fast and Furious. Critics body slammed the former pro wrestler for capitulating to the Chinese government and kissing their butts, saying, quote, I made a mistake. I must say that now that very, very, very importantly, I love and respect China and Chinese people. Now, I'm not going to boycott John Cena. If I was like 35 years old and filled with anger, spit and rage, maybe. And China doesn't think the, the apology was sufficient enough. And American critics are like, why are you capitulating to the Chinese government? Apple stock gets decimated if we, it loses China. Apple's doing things in China that, that's not very nice. You look at their appearance here in the United States, and I saw a commercial yesterday for Apple. We're like, oh, our iPhones don't spy on you. Well, in China, they spy on Chinese people, and that information goes straight to the Chinese government. Part of the deal, you want to sell your phones in our country, you share the data. So I'm not, I, I like China. 
I'm not, this isn't a Chinese bashing segment, but you gotta, you, you, you gotta leave your morals at the door when you're dealing with the Chinese government. Google in the past has had problems with that. The Olympics coming up in China in 2022, the Winter Olympics, there's a very good chance they get boycotted because of the human conditions that China enforces on other peoples that are on their borders that they want to be complicit. How do you feel about John Cena selling out that damn quickly? I, I just, I love the, the quote where he goes, I made a mistake. Fine. I must say now that very, 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 three varies importantly, I love and respect China and Chinese people. John Cena lost respect for me because you don't ever actually need to use the word very. It's one word we can delete from the dictionary and we never need to use it again. You're not very happy. You're happy. You're not very hungry. You're hungry. You're not very, very, very importantly respectful. You're respectful. So I'm knocking John Cena a little bit more for bad grammar than I am for kissing China's butt, but I get both sides of it. I'm Rob Black, sitting in for myself. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. So next segment, I'm going to be talking with briefing.com about market strategy. So I thought I would use this segment to stretch my legs a little bit and tell you what I'm thinking about a big deal that got announced this morning. No, no, no. It's not the McDonald's BTS chicken nuggets and spicy dipping sauces deal. It's Amazon acquiring MGM for $8.4 billion. Now, if you read the headlines, you go, oh, they're going to get James Bond, Rocky, Creed, and Pink Panther. Right? That's some pretty good intellectual property. Unfortunately, with James Bond, they're only getting half of James Bond. So I don't think you're going to be able to see Amazon do a James Bond TV series. A lot like they've done the, um, gosh, I get it, the Tom Clancy one. And now they're doing a TV series based on The Hobbit, a prequel to The Hobbit, which I didn't know we needed, but apparently we do. But MGM also owns Legally Blonde, A Star is Born, the TV shows Handmaid's Tale, Fargo, Shark Tank, and Real Housewives. So you're starting to see that they're getting a little bit more of a catalog than you first thought because you were just thinking Rocky and James Bond. My kid got a yellow card in soccer two weeks ago. So last weekend before the soccer game, I played the theme from Rocky for him. So you got to get him pumped up so he can go fight and mess up another kid again. <laughs> I know you're saying, you're soccer. This isn't boxing. I know, I know. That's just the kind of sick father I am. But MGM's catalog is going to help Amazon. Now, Amazon Prime, to me, is kind of a throwaway service. I love the delivery aspect of it. I hate, I don't hate, but the video services, it's not as robust as Netflix. It's a lot easier to sit on Netflix for 30 minutes asking what the hell I'm going to watch than spend three minutes on, on Amazon Prime and go, there's nothing here. So MGM has 4,000 films, 17,000 TV episodes. 
Amazon streaming services surpassed 200 million Prime members worldwide. 175 million of them who stream Prime video content in the last year. Streaming hours were up 70% year over year. So you can see people are using Prime video. Now, what was interesting was Amazon made a deal with Epix. And part of that deal gave them a lot of data. Amazon Prime Video knows because Epix was running Bond, Creed, and Rocky. Epix knows exactly. No, not Epix. Amazon knows exactly what households in what states watched what titles. Did Bond carry 40 to 50 million households? We love it. Now, again, you're thinking, oh, they got this old, they got these movies. Like You get that part, but do you get that they know what we watched? They didn't go into this deal thinking like, um, oh, uh, I bet we'd do well to have James Bond. He's now being recast with an African actor, African-American actor, black American actor. What's the right term? I don't know. Everyone thinks Idris Elba would be a great Bond. Why not? The next Superman movie, guess what? He, too, is going to be black. Black Panther is going to be replaced because he died by a Caucasian. Not likely. Not likely. But Amazon's prime original hit rate appears dramatically below Netflix. They can't make their own movies. They can't make their own originals. The Marvelous Miss Maisie or whatever it's called, I don't want to watch it. It doesn't do anything for me. Now, Netflix had that superhero show coming out, and they got that Stranger Things coming out, and they got the lot. They got things that I want to watch. They just finished the, the last season of The Money Heist. Um, and that's going to come out in two tranches, I think September and December. Stoked about that. Nothing on Amazon Prime am I going, oh, I can't wait till Christmas when a, a new season gets released. Now, James Bond is the third highest grossing film franchise of all time behind Star Wars and Marvel movies. Those are taken. Sorry. Disney has those. Not even Netflix has anything like this. So in one foul swoop, Jeff Bezos, who looks strikingly like an evil character from a James Bond movie, and he's as wealthy as an evil character from a James Bond movie. Just like that, they're going to get the third highest grossing film franchise. Oh, we're going to be seeing more. We're going to be seeing a lot more James Bond. But here's the rub that no one else is going to give you. This looks like it's in a response to Warner Media and Discovery. It is. Remember yesterday when I talked to you that Apple's got a billion users? And Google's got 3 billion users. In my opinion, there's going to be three media companies worth of note in 10 years. Apple, if they choose to be. Google, if they choose to be. And Amazon, if they continue to choose to be. Netflix will probably be there too, so I should probably change that from three to four. Internal editor on, make it right. I do a show live on the fly. But the way the Warner Media Discovery deal is being structured, it's it's perfect for a future buyout. And there's only one company with a balance sheet able to do it, and it's Apple. 
Apple, we're not sure if they have any interest in a media acquisition. So far, their biggest deal ever was $3 billion to buy Beats. They bought Beats Electronics in 2014. Would, would Beats by Dre pay 20K for Rob to say that they are great? Now, again, you probably don't know this, but those football players that are wearing Beats, they're doing it because they're getting paid $20,000 to say that they're awesome. I want a beat sponsorship. Get to work for me, people. I would sell out so fast. I would sell out quickly to say I love beats. These headphones are the best headphones listed Rob Black and your money with. Oh, stop it. Apple's growing market powers under increased scrutiny. But when you get into media, you can't say that they're a monopoly there. Now, again, there's some other pieces that'll still be out there. Again, I think Warner Media Discovery goes to Apple because I don't think Warner Media Discovery is going to have what it takes to compete with the eyeballs that Amazon has, Apple has, and Google has. I may be wrong on this vertical integration strategy, and Apple probably doesn't want to spend that kind of money. Apple has actually done really well creating their own shows. Amazon sucks at it. Ted Lasso's getting amazing reviews. The Morning Show got good reviews. They've hired M. Night Shyamalan to do a TV show that's super creepy about, how shall we say, a mannequin that is perceived to be a real child. Or is it? As my kids like to say. I just see the media landscape from the number of eyeballs in the future, not from the studios. The studios have the intellectual property. The tech companies have the eyeballs. Black Superman, I'm looking forward to that. That is going to be something I see in a movie theater. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. i Rob Black and Your Money. It's Wednesday, Pacific Time, 7.33, which means it's time for Patrick O'Hare. It's my favorite interview of the week. It's my only financial interview of the week, typically. Sometimes I have CFP Chad Burton, but you get the idea. Um, Super stoked to talk with Patrick O'Hare, see what his uptake on the data coming out of Wall Street is all about. How are you, Mr. O'Hare? Hello, Rob. I'm doing okay, thanks. Good to be back with you. Yeah, good to have you. Um, where are we? It, it seems like we were going into the infl- the inflation. She loves me. She loves me not. Like it's there. It's not there. It's there. It's not there. It's the buy on the dip. Don't buy on the dip. Um, where's what? What do you give a market update if you were to sum it up for us? Right. Well, I think we're we're kind of in no man's land in, in a way. Um, you know, the the lateral consolidation we've seen in the market. Um, over the last five weeks or so, and do you think is a reflection of of a few things? One, it, it is an acknowledgement that we had a big run, you know, leading up to the start of the first quarter earnings reporting period, and so a lot of that good news, and there was a, a whole bunch of good news in that earnings reporting period, um, has been priced had been priced in, and so you didn't get the you know real you know strong response to it like some people might have thought, and so. Instead, you got some selling into the strength and just some, you know, uh, just some modest retrenchment really um, off of that news. Um, the other 
factor, though, is that uh, because there has been so much good news, um, I think the market is struggling a little bit right now and trying to determine what, you know, what is the next big leg for the market? Is it going to be up or is it going to be down? And, you know, there are various influences out there that are, you know, making it rather indeterminate at this point. You know, you can look at, you know, valuation being stretched here on 2021 numbers. Um, on the flip side, if one wants to look ahead to 2022 estimates, those are looking pretty good. And, you know, you could say, well, valuation is not looking as, as stretched as it appears. Um, you have interest rates that uh, long-term rates, which have uh, come down remarkably in recent weeks, notwithstanding uh, all of the bad inflation data we've been seeing. Uh, and that's created a little bit of a conundrum. You know, market participants are trying to figure out exactly what that is uh, all about. Um, might that mean that we're definitely in store for a much slower period of economic and earnings growth? And if so, well, then, you know, one has reason to question uh, chasing stocks uh, at, at the higher prices and, and more premium multiples. So there's just not a lot of... Uh, certainty at the moment, and uh, not that there's ever total certainty, but it's just you have a lot of defensible arguments on either side of a, of a base case for a bullish breakout or a bearish breakdown, uh, and you just need more time and more data to come your way to help the market determine you know, what that next leg is going to be. And it's worth noting the S&P 500 and the Dow are up over 10% for the year. The NASDAQ's up about 6%, so we've put in some pretty good returns for halfway, not even halfway, but close to halfway through the year. Um, I loved your angles on a lot of good news is priced in. Earnings growth is going to peak. This is all taken from your notes and from your conversation this morning on page one. The treasury market is something we're paying attention to. It, it seems like you said, you're right. Well said is what I want to say. We are in kind of a no man's land. And if I was a betting man, I'd say probably something bad is going to happen, a correction in the next 18 months to five years, because statistically, I'm just going with the odds. But at the mm -hmm. same time, it's kind of, it's noteworthy. Um, taking a look at some of your other, you know, I think a hard part of your page one this morning that you focused on was earnings. And earnings results were, I think we're in about the last week of earnings season for the first quarter. Um, you talked about Dick Sporting Goods, Abercrombie & Fitch, Urban Outfitters, Toll Brothers, Agilent, Intuit, Zscaler. And the results seem to be pretty positive. Um, maybe can we talk a little bit more about earnings peak and earnings growth peaks? Question? Well, yeah, so th those companies were, were um, just about finished, right, with the first quarter earnings reporting period. And, you know, according to fact that you're looking at a blended growth rate of about 52% for the S&P 500 operating earnings, which is obviously phenomenal, uh, especially when uh, coming into the reporting period as of the end of, say, March uh, 31st, the uh, growth estimate was somewhere in the neighborhood of about 23%. So it's, it's a clear sign that, you know, analysts, um, well, didn't quite know what to model um, coming, you know, in the, coming off of a pandemic period and, and the companies. Uh, reporting have clearly blown out those estimates uh, because demand has come back a lot quicker than people imagined it would. And at the same time, uh, companies are running, you know, leaner in terms of cost structure uh, because they had to cut you know, costs so dramatically when everything was so uncertain when that pandemic period hit. So great earnings reporting period. The companies that you mentioned, yes, they, they all 
either beat estimates uh, easily and or uh, provided some reassuring guidance. Um, you know, the stocks have reacted fairly well in the wake of their their specific reports, but but it does you know beg the question is. Y- y- you know, we have, you can look ahead and facts that is, is showing us that the consensus earnings uh, growth estimate for the second quarter is close to 60%, right? So it, it's projected right now to be even better than this phenomenal first quarter reporting period, but the market knows this. And as we just recently discussed, the market hasn't really been able to break out on that idea because, you know, 60% EPS growth is, is phenomenal. And it's just hard to envision, you know, that being uh, continued. Now, you'll still get growth. The question right now is, you know, uh, at, at what pace? And and that's why I alluded to is that like a lot of investors at this point in time are, are, you know, content to sit around here and wait because you do still have interest rates that are low. Um, you do still have a, a very good narrative out there with respect to reopening prospects. Uh, you will still continue to see good earnings, and uh, and it just becomes a question of, um, you know, will the earnings bar, the earnings estimate bar, continue to be raised? And if so, that will certainly help uh, in terms of valuation arguments, and you can find, you know, a rationale to continue to push this market up. But you know, for now, it it really is kind of a wait and see mindset. Uh, because you want to see how these reports are going to come in for the second quarter and what companies are going to be saying about the back half of the year. So probably going to continue to see some of this, you know, ebb and flow within the market that we've been seeing for, um, you know, better part of the last month now with some days being much better than others. Some days growth stocks lead, some days value stocks lead. It's just, you know, one of those just sort of chop factors here as we uh, kind of wait for that data to arrive. I'm comparing it to a digestion after a good meal. Still a good meal, still needs to settle down before we can think about what to do next. Um, On your page one at briefing.com today, you brought up the GOP senators coming up with a trillion dollar infrastructure stimulus offer, counter offer. Will that be enough to move the markets? And you can answer that quickly if you want to, and then hit whatever you want to hit because we're about four minutes out. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, the the infrastructure stimulus plan is that the you know the market is pretty much uh, I think you know banking on there being something done. It's just a matter of how it gets done uh, and how it gets paid for. Um, the probably the key takeaway that I pointed out today uh, in that page one article is that the uh, the counter proposal, if you will, from uh, from the GOP, you see this number continue to creep higher, right and um, and, you know, and that's still probably not high enough for the Democrats based on the reporting that I've been reading. Um, you know, a trillion dollar infrastructure versus the already, um, uh, I guess they watered down $1.7 trillion proposal that uh, the White House put out last week. Uh, it's probably still not going to be considered enough. Okay. But, you know, there's been enough chatter on the line that uh, the Democrats will likely push through a pretty big number anyway through the budget reconciliation process. So the market knows or feels, believes that it is still going to be the, you know, the, they're still going to see another sizable trillion dollar plus stimulus uh, coming its way uh, for the infrastructure effort. And, and so that's been an underpinning factor here. Um, it just hasn't been um, acted on yet. And, and, you know, legislatively, 
And uh, but the market knows it's there, and it's again one of those themes that continues to you know continues to support that reopening theme that you're going to continue to get some pretty good spending. Um, but on the flip side, you know as we've been talking about here, you have kind of like an argument on either side here. Will that extra stimulus then, uh, you know, feed inflation fears, you know, that in turn lead to higher interest rates, which in turn uh, compress earnings multiples, right, and and create a, a headwind for the market. So you got to, you know, you got this push and pull factor right now, and, and you still don't know, um, obviously, how it's going to be resolved uh, at, at this juncture, because we also don't know how this plan is going to ultimately be paid for, whether, uh, you know, you see higher tax rates or, or whatnot. So uh, some some uh, uncertainty there, and the market will, you know, kind of relish the idea that more stimulus is coming, but at the same time, it's going to sit back and kind of wait to see um, how the thing gets paid for and whether that's going to be an adverse factor for, uh, uh, for valuations. Well, I'm going to have to cut you off there because we got less than 45 seconds and I want to give you a good plug. Thanks for joining us. And next week, maybe I'll give you the whole 11, 12 minutes to run on with what you will for us because I love your insights. You did a great job today. Thank you. Stock market is his territory. He's with briefing.com. You can find Patrick J. O'Hare at briefing.com. I start every day typically grabbing some notes from his notes. Um, really good stuff. Lots of good news is already priced in. Love that. Earnings growth is peaking. Love that. Gives me a lot to think about. Vaccinations are going well. Love that. His stuff is good. You can find it at briefing.com, a reliable source for both international and domestic markets relating to the economy and the stock market. Find it at briefing.com. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Thanks for listening to the show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Ford, which when I was a child meant found on road dead. They expect electric vehicles to make up almost half of its global sales by the end of the decade. Okay, that's kind of interesting. Right there, that's kind of interesting. They expect electric vehicles to equal half their sales by the end of the decade. So 2030, they want it to be about 40% electric car sales. That could be crushing to Tesla. Right now, the Tesla buyer is largely motivated because it's electric. And it's cool. And no one else is doing what they're doing, but it's starting to trickle the other way where more competitors are coming in. Ford expects to increase revenue from its commercial business to $45 billion by 2025, up from $27 billion in 2019. That includes hardware and adjacent services. So they want services, which is kind of interesting. So commercial business, delivery, trucks, and vehicles – is the idea there. The automakers going to create what's called a Ford Pro, which is a new vehicle services and distribution business devoted to commercial and government customers. Commercial sales for companies like Tesla are not very important yet, but they're hugely important to Ford and GM. One of the things that Tesla does that's pretty cool is the OTA, over-the-air updates, or you get a message on your phone that Tesla's doing a software update and you won't be able to you won't be able to drive your phone, uh, car your phone. <laughs> it's 
kind of an electric phone with wheels, right? But Tesla has scale of about 33 million over the air. Um, that's, believe it or not, that's a, that's a fighting ground right now for Ford and GM. They want to catch Tesla. And how many vehicles do you have on the road? How many vehicles do we have on the road that we could update? Do you remember buying a car many, many, many years ago and you had a navigation system? And suddenly the roads around your neighborhood started to change and the navigation system didn't change. And you called the dealer and like, can I get my navigation system updated? And they're like, it's $400. You have to bring it in and we'll, we'll pop in a, a CD and do it for you. What? The over-the-air updates, I like. I like it a lot. I don't know why. I just feel a little bit better that my hardware is getting software updates. So that's a big fighting ground. And for four, they could start selling services like Spotify, Netflix, whereas they used to sell, you know, a DVD player in the car, entertainment system. Now they can put a TV back there and say, hit this button, we'll stream movies to you. Oh, and by the way, we're going to charge you $9.95 a month for the streaming of the internet to your car. And we're going to charge you, we're going to get a cut from Netflix every time we sell a subscription. And I'll tell you what, as a father, when you're driving kids on vacation, having that DVD system in back was awesome, but it was a piece of crap. You pay like $4,000 for it and you'd be like, if I paid $4,000 for an entertainment system for my home, it'd be all that in a bucket of chicken. But in a car, it ain't all that in a bucket of chicken. It was your only option. So OTA means a lot. Now, Ford also said that they're Mach-E crossover and the F-150 Lightning pickup. Uh, successful debuts. Ford said that they already got 70,000 reservations to the F-150 up from 44,000 as of Friday. They're working on a self-driving vehicle, including a company called, uh, the system's called Argo AI. It's an autonomous vehicle unit with, uh, partnered with Volkswagen. Argo is testing self-driving technology in six U.S. cities and Ford vehicles. The company earlier said this month that they're going to use LiDAR, which is actually very, very interesting because Elon Musk hates LiDAR. He prefers cameras over radar and LiDAR. So if Musk is wrong, Tesla's going to have a big old blind side that their uh, vehicles don't have the LiDAR chips in them. But if cameras win, then Ford's going to be like, oh, we just put a very expensive set of chips into cars that not the best system for self-driving. I find that very, very interesting. Google said today, changing topics, that they plan to go ahead and build a mega campus in San Jose. Downtown West will cover 80 acres and offer thousands of offices, houses, and shops. Google's going to provide $200 million in community benefits and 1,000 homes will come under an affordable housing program. But they're continuing to expand. I own shares of Google. And I'll be honest with you, news of an expansion like this probably gives me more optimism than Google saying that they've got a new search product. They don't spend this kind of money to, to 
I gotta watch my language because right now I want I'm in cursing mode. I'm in R-rated Rob. They're not spending this kind of money. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Don't don't ask me to do it. They don't spend this kind of money to to fricky not grow. How about that? They're doing it so they can grow. Now I fear Google that they're gonna make it into a social infrastructure project. They're not a developer, and this isn't coming immediately. It's gonna take time for it to be put into place. Now the 300 hotel rooms, 800 short-term lodges for Google's corporate guests. Um, very, very interesting. It's a commitment. It's a commitment to California at a time when others are leaving California, like Tesla. Amazon has confirmed that it's going to buy Metro Goldwyn Mayer for $8.4 billion. The yield on the 10-year treasury is under 1.6%, which means inflation fears are gone for the moment. Lots of good news priced in the market. Valuations are stretched. If interest rates rise, valuations a little more interesting if interest rates stay where they are. COVID vaccination progress in the U.S. continues to roll on. Even though other countries are still dealing with debilitating cases. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.